Christ is born and he lives in me. Since I have been set free, John made my vow to the Lord, and I never will turn back. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the first ever commentary with KLJ. For those of you who have followed me for a while, this will seem familiar. Uh, you know me and you know what I'm about and you can ascertain my feelings about something that's going on here in America today. What's taking place in Charlottesville, North Carolina, as white supremacists, terrorists, march openly on the University of Virginia campus, torches in hand, reminiscent of the clan of old. This time, though, they were on the bowl because they didn't even feel the need to wear hoods and sheets. And we have to ask ourselves the question, why? Why aren't they afraid to lose their jobs? Why aren't they afraid of the police killing them as they march down the street? I'm certain the current president's vile political career, not just his recent campaign, but his entire career has a lot to do with it. Birtherism, law and order. And on yesterday, the false equivalency of on both sides. That certainly has a lot to do with it. But his vitriol, his racial resentment, his whining and his hate speech has found an ally, a co-conspirator in an institution that claims to follow a poor Palestinian Jew. In an institution that calls Christ Lord. It was those in the church who held their noses and voted. It was the church that made a Faustian deal with a known deceiver. And for what? Neil Gorsuch? Was he worth the resurgence of white supremacy? Or was this your plan all along? Your morals were on hold when he bragged about assaulting women. Your morals were on hold when he attempted to ban immigrants seeking refuge from war based on their religion and ethnicity. But your morals were on hold even before all of this. Dr. King wrote in his letter from a Birmingham jail that I have traveled the length and breadth of Alabama, Mississippi, and all the other southern states. On sweltering summer days and crisp autumn mornings, I have looked at the South's beautiful churches with their lofty spires pointing heavenward. I have beheld the impressive outlines of her massive religious education buildings. Over and over, I have found myself asking what kind of people worship here? Who is their God? Where were their voices when the lips of Governor Barnett dripped with words of interposition and nullification? Where were they when Governor Wallace gave a clarion call for defiance and hatred? Where were their voices of support when bruised and weary Negro men and women decided to rise from the dark dungeons of complacency to the bright hills of creative protest? Now I find myself asking the same questions. As you stand in your pulpits this morning, will you continue to thump your Bibles about matters of the heart and the corruption of the individual soul, or will you inspect the heart of this nation and call into question how the church 
has allowed itself to become a co-conspirator of hatred and bigotry. This is not a moment for the not all of us crowd. Yes, it is each and every one of you when you laugh at your uncle's jokes at Thanksgiving. When you wonder why you can't say the N-word. It is you when you think affirmative action is taking up spaces that white people deserve, but when you have input on who's hired, the qualified applicants of a different ethnicity don't seem to fit into the culture around your office. It is you when you clutch your purse. It is you when you cross the street, when you see those of a different ethnicity walking on the same side. It is you when you don't understand why historically black colleges and universities exist or why there's a BET. So spare us all of your attempts to abnicate your role and thusly your responsibility in all of this. You are guilty. But the question remains, what will you do about it? President John F. Kennedy once said that the hottest places in hell are reserved for those who, in times of great moral crisis, maintain neutrality. And Christ put it this way in Matthew 25, beginning with the 44th verse. Then the people will ask, Lord, when did we fail to help you when you were hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in jail? The king will say to them, whenever you fail to help any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, you failed to do it for me. And then Jesus said, those people will be punished forever. But the ones who please God will have eternal life. The choice is yours on today. We can't wait until Tuesday for a transformation. Sooner or later, we'll all see who the prophet is. And we'll see it in your actions each and every day henceforward. Thank you for listening to the commentary with KLJ. I continue to pray for you. I hope you will pray for me. And that we'll all pray for America. God bless you. Since I have been set free, since I have been set free.